the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Uh, we've got a full uh, full complement of guests joining us uh, later in the show today. Everyone from uh, Brett Johnson, our constitutional attorney expert, Brandon Weikert, is going to join us. Um, others, and certainly your call, 602-508-0960. I'll do my monologue at the top of the third hour. Um, I was coming in, you know, I was listening to the reports about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I could really don't really care too terribly much about any of that. Um, but it is interesting what Americans focus on and what draws the attention of America. What is a crisis is what I was thinking about. Hugh Hallman here and I here was here yesterday and he and I were talking about how we are, you know, constantly forced into the slipstream of crisis to crisis. What is a crisis here? And what is what what is not a crisis is kind of what I was thinking coming in. What requires immediate and big reactions and what doesn't? Two years of the government mandating a vaccine where one of them was later deemed unsafe by the CDC. Two years later, two years after mandating it as one of the three vaccines you have to take. That's evidently of zero interest. Depositing billions of dollars worth of munitions, including helicopters and weapons, to our enemy, the Taliban, as they killed 13 Americans and 15 times that number of our allies in our politically timed withdrawal just about a year ago, is evidently of no consequence. Canceling domestic oil leases while gas prices are skyrocketing to their highest levels in American history is evidently good domestic and economic policy, certainly not scandalous. A baby formula shortage, as if we were Venezuela. It's off the radar totally, isn't it? As it's actually gotten worse. A possible Chinese attack on a Taiwan church in California is nothing to investigate. And evidently, neither is 50 people being shot in Chicago over this past weekend. 50. Chicago. Roe versus Wade was a story and is gone. It'll come back. A fifth columnist within the Supreme Court seems to be of no interest to anyone. A clerk undermining the United States Supreme Court. Nor evidently is the fact that a Supreme Court justice had to go into protective custody because of left wing threats of violence in front of his and other justices homes. Not a story, not a worry, not a concern, not a crisis. Hillary Clinton knowingly dispatching to the media a false story about Russian collusion and Donald Trump, which animated, what, four years of defamation, and repeated calls for impeachment and his illegitimacy as a president. Well, they speak of aiding and abetting insurrection for questioning the legitimacy of the last election. And then, of course, there really is a problem with Russia. It's more than a problem. But leaders like Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi don't speak of it much at all, because it's not 
Trump related to Russia, I guess. But it attempted to swallow another country so brazenly and violently that the president of the United States dedicated the opening in his first 20 percent of his State of the Union to talking about it only a few months ago. And then what did he do? Went to Europe to misspeak and confuse allies and enemies alike as to what we were doing about it. So much so that members of his own administration had to correct the record repeatedly. Yesterday, the president wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal on inflation, offering no solutions that would materialize within the next five years. Today, he wrote an op-ed in the New York Times on Russia and Ukraine. What is supposed to get our attention? Crisis to crisis. I guess if you can't speak, you write. But be chary, chary, be chary. That's maybe a new motto here. When the president does not give a press conference on any of these crises born of his presidency, his people will be able to say he wrote op-eds. Of course he communicated with the American people, which you know, by the way, he did not write. Meanwhile, we've not even mentioned the border or the drug crisis, also both at all-time highs and related, by the way, With no action and no attempt at action other than to poo-poo the concerns and defame law enforcement on the border, ICE agents. Whipping, acting as cowboys with whips against minorities, that did get a lot of media attention. The exoneration of those ICE agents who were found after an investigation not to have done that got no media attention. If you didn't listen to talk radio, you wouldn't know that that didn't happen. And that's the funny thing about how we go on in this country, isn't it, as I'm thinking out loud. You know, you just talk to people who get the benefit of the front page of the paper, maybe the benefit of a top-of-the-hour news story when they come home at night or on television, maybe maybe a Sunday show here and there, maybe. Most Americans don't watch these things. But if you think about the fact that a good news show, a good televised news show on, you know, on cable or network get, I don't know, five or six million viewers, that's a good number these days. That's considered a high number, network or cable. Now think about the fact that That's what constitutes well-informed. Five to six million constitutes well-informed. Now think about this. Only one of those stations gives the kind of information we do. Only one of them. And there are multiples that don't. PBS, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN. Those get, you know, those numbers and don't give you the news that we do. One station, Fox News, does. You are dealing with a highly uninformed citizenry that, worse, thinks it's actually informed. People think they're informed by listening to or watching CNN or MSNBC or any of the like. They think they're informed, those millions handfuls of millions. That's what you're up against, along with people who don't 
even watch any of those or listen to any of this. But pick up from those at the water coolers or those in polite and casual conversation what the others do from CNN and ABC. We have a very tall task in front of us, a very tall task. And while a lot of us look at polls and look at the trajectories of the economy and the crises, some of which I mentioned, some of which I didn't even get to, while a lot of us think this is primed up and teed up for Republicans to win, just think about it a little bit. Think about it. The polled are relatively informed, relatively, mostly the wrong way. The non-polled are the vast majority of voters, and you're up against all of that thinking they appreciate what you appreciate and they know what you know. Be chary about that. Be chary about that. If you have a few hours, do something with it. Do something to educate the uneducated. Do something to teach those who need a little bit of teaching. Do something that doesn't just satisfy your own thirst for knowledge or entertainment. Do something that will better better satisfy someone else's. We say around here, each one reach one. It's an individual duty. Ronald Reagan said citizen was his favorite word because he thought it implied action, and it does. Do not assume people know what you know. Do not assume people are offended by the same things you are offended by. And think about what these crises are driving. And think about what constitutes a crisis. Think about how many we can handle. And what do you think the next one will be? Chasing all the wrong solutions, my own guess is it will come from something above. And perhaps another young adult violently acting out a terrorist attack maybe note on that as we are trying to appease iran the news today if you look for it is that iran attempted a cyber attack on a hospital by the way not in israel not in riyadh in boston boston children's hospital to be exact children's hospital boston how did buffalo springfield put it there's something happening here what it is ain't exactly clear I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth, 602-508-0960. Delighted that Cool Touch Air Conditioning and Heating and Plumbing is... uh, is uh, responsible for portions of the show, sponsors for portions of the show. 17 years in business, Cool Touch has an A-plus rating with the BBB and has never received a cl- complaint with the ROC. I have used them. I use them on the house uh, I used to live in. I use them on the house I do live in. They are fantastic. I've used them for everything, heating, plumbing, and air conditioning. Uh, you can, too. And right now they are waving, for listeners to this station, they are waving their diagnosis charges call their diagnostic charges call cool touch at 623-734-1932 that's 623-734-1932 
If you have any air conditioning or plumbing needs right now, this is not the time to have them, as you well know. You can deal with the heating issues later in the year. Or visit them online at cooltouchac.com. Cooltouchac.com. I know Chris, Chris Funk and those guys really well. Tell them I sent you, as always. Okay. Um, weigh in on uh, anything I have said, or bear with me a few moments as I take you to this next. Speaking of what I said, you know, there's nothing like the genius and wisdom of, I was going to say, this audience, and it is because that's what I see mostly from you when you call or email me, but, you know, the general American that the elites in the consultancy world just, you know, never want to hear from, never want to hear from. Groupthink is a, groupthink is a problem not just on the left. It's a problem on the right, too. You know what groupthink is? It was first described by a Yale psychiatrist named Irving Janus, J-A-N-U-S, if you want to read the book by that title, Groupthink. And it's that you become so insular and expert within, you know, insular in your expertise within a trusted group that you never go outside it to hear an alternative point of view or a, or a questioning point of view. Um, this happens in Republican circles as much as Democratic party circles you frustrated with your party the republican party so we have a listener that's great listener mark uh got a got a um letter from the rnc asking for a donation and um he sent me his response that he sent to them i'd love to share it with you i, th- I think it's a great response I-, I think it's fantastic and it's the kind of response the rnc needs to hear more of quite frankly because of their insularity, because of their tendency to groupthink. He writes, I appreciate money is needed to counteract the progressive leftist agenda, but I am not seeing a concerted effort from the RNC, so until I do, I am not going to contribute funds as requested in your recent mailing. I'm sure you have access to marketing resources, so why is it so difficult to put together a hard-hitting piece that can be used in both radio and TV spots. This sort of ad should be required to be used by every candidate running on the Republican ticket so that the message is repeated time and time again until it sinks in. Here's a suggestion for what I have in mind. This guy is not a media or political expert, so to speak, any more than anyone is a political or media expert um, who doesn't have a job in Washington, D.C., and he has a brilliant suggestion as to what he has in mind. Here it is. Are you okay with lawlessness, smash and grabs and daylight muggings? And then you run a montage of security camera clips showing store robberies and muggings and stabbings. Do you believe our borders should be wide open to criminals, drugs, and sex trafficking? And then you run pictures of illegals streaming across and large drug busts. Should shortages and supply chain issues plague our ability to receive necessary food products? And you show pictures of empty baby formula shelves and ships backed up at Long Beach. Do you enjoy paying double from just a couple of years ago to fill up your gas tank? And you show a picture of gas signs with the $5 plus gas prices. In California, it would be $6 plus. Are you okay with unemployment and homelessness up from two years ago, show pictures of tent cities. Do you believe your young children or grandchildren should be indoctrinated with cha- transgenderism and flashcards depicting pregnant men? Show the recent flashcard used recently in preschools. It's been 
revealed. Does it make you proud to no longer be a respected nation due to a failed foreign policy? Show pictures of the Afghanistan fiasco or people trampling and burning the American flag in Iran. If you answered yes to most of these questions, you should continue to vote Democrat. If, however, you are tired of failed policies, please join us in voting Republican, and let's get back on track to making America great again. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. He sent it to the RNC for free. They will have paid consultants millions of dollars to come up with something less than that. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. And they will dismiss this probably because this man, Mark, this listener here in Phoenix, is not a quote-unquote expert. I'm going to talk about experts in my monologue at the top of the third hour. But, you know, we got into this a little bit yesterday, just a little bit yesterday. If you want to trust the D.C. expertise class, understand how it works Understand how it works. You're just, you know, an ordinary, normal human being living in one of the 50 states in the United States, and you either get elected or a job offer to move to D.C. All of a sudden, by dint of your new zip code, you're considered an expert. That's all it takes. You just move there, and you're considered an expert. It's a fascinating thing. And then you listen to what these experts have told you and you listen to what these experts say and you listen to them being wrong again and again and being on TV again and again and wrong cycle after cycle, election after election, making ever more money, getting greater and greater contracts, all while dismissing people like this who write messaging like this for free. And it probably didn't take him more than I'm guessing maybe 10 to 15 minutes to think out. At most, at most. And then you think about something else. What our greatest gains have been as conservatives or Republicans and how they seemed never possible or potential by the quote-unquote expert class. Ronald Reagan never electable. Donald Trump never electable. Think about what they're saying now about future elections. Think about what they're saying now. Mitt Romney, the best idea for the Republican Party. I mean, think about how they've missed it so many times by uniquely disregarding the common average persons, so to speak, to the Washington and elect and elite, the common average persons' insights and thoughts. One of the reasons I have listened to talk radio hosts for political analysis more than I've listened to the people on TV is they listen to the people on the street and thus have a better read time and again. Don't believe me. Look at every piece of analysis having to do with 2016, every single piece of it. Anyway. Mark, thank you for sharing that. Well done. Uh, I will offer that up as best I can to propel your message to the RNC. That's a great ad.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is the website. They're fruits and veggies. You just take them once a day and you get the equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and veggies. And it's 100% natural, 100% pure, potent plant power. Strawberries, carrots, garlic, cayenne, pepper, papayas, bananas, you name it. It's in there in little vegetarian capsules. You just swallow them once a day, and you get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables, and it boosts your energy, boosts your health, it boosts your immunity. It's the best product I've ever taken. Balanceofnature.com. They have a great deal right now if you use discount code BALANCE. Thinking um, a little bit about wanting to talk some more about the situation out of Uvalde, the disaster, the catastrophe out of Uvalde. You run out of words after a while, don't you? Um, it's not a situation. George Carlin would have a meal on that one. It's a catastrophe. It's a catastrophe of several levels and several failures. And... Um, What's interesting is to see – I mean I'm kind of reticent to bring it up in this sense. Um, Too many of the wrong things were being said about it in the immediate uh, aftermath and knowledge of it, and it was loud. It's amazing how the worst uh, (laughs) – the worst are full of – the worst are full of uh, passionate intensity, as Yates put it. And that's what gets broadcast the most. Um. And so what my thinking was is, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but as passionate as that intensity was, I mean, congressmen swearing at other congressmen and candidates for governor disrupting uh, press conferences and, of course, all the nonsensical ideas that attended to it throughout the op-eds, et cetera, and on television, and the misinformation, the Gatling, you know, the, the gun, obviously, but the Gatling gun, which caused it, but the the Gatling gun of misinformation, still of which is being corrected here and there, at least in Texas media. It took over and consumed our lives for what, Bill? 72 hours? It's almost faded already, isn't it? It's almost faded. I, I don't understand that. I honestly don't understand it. My first instinct is to think about attention spans. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at this stuff in a long time, but years ago, before social media, before the Internet, the concern was the attention span from watching too much TV being shrunken, you know. And then social media made that worse, especially when you get pings, especially when you get a limited amount of words or a limited amount of times to view something that can come your way. And, You get this increasing effort to make it more worthy of attention all the while. Is it our attention span? Or is it the crisis saturation that, okay, that's the crisis this week. Next week, we'll steal ourselves for yet another one. I don't don't know what it is, but I know we're not supposed to live like this. I know human beings are not supposed to live like this think about think about what we do 
to prisoners. Think about the unnatural state we put them in. And if they're a high-value detainee that we need information from, short, obviously, of torture, think about the things we do. We put them in a state of anxiety. We put them in a state of sleep deprivation. We put them in a state of uncertainty. We disrupt routine. You know, kind of everything we did to kids for two years. We've done it to ourselves, haven't we? We're not supposed to live like this. That's why I said, I mean, it was a little tongue-in-cheek, but not really. There's something happening here. What it is isn't exactly clear. Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, I mean, you tell, you, you tell me if you feel like this country is, though perhaps with policies you don't agree with, on a pretty stable footing right now? Or tell me if you get the sense that we're hanging on by cobwebs. 602-508-0960. Be right back. We check in with our good friend Brett W. Johnson, a partner with the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm on questions of constitutionality and uh, the finer points of law that uh, touch on us and uh, touch on uh, the things we think about and talk about. Brett, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you. No, thank you for having me, Seth. You betcha. Um I don't want. I was. I, w- I wanted to talk to you about the Sussman trial, and everyone's kind of interested in this Amber Heard thing. I don't care about that for now. Maybe we'll do that another time. Can we talk about the Michael <laughs> Sussman trial? <laughs> Can we talk about that for yeah. a second? I've lived yeah, in D.C. I've lived in D.C. long enough to be wary, chary of uh, D.C. juries, um, and it's not just quite enough to say it's a unwanted jury pool or it's it's an undesirous jury pool if you're a conservative it's not enough to say that there was a lot going on in this case some of it a little technical but i wonder if you could kind of walk us through what you saw as the outcome of uh, sussman's exoneration yeah no no problem and so background for for those who haven't haven't read the news on this case so it's united states versus uh, michael a sussman um, a criminal case in uh, the united states district court for the district of columbia Mr. Sussman was a cybersecurity expert lawyer uh, for the law firm of Perkins Cooley um, and was uh, assisting in that role um, uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign on on various matters. So what the issue is is that there was the famous Dozier uh, Dozier, um, file that was presented to the FBI that, uh, that allegedly showed links between President Trump and a bank in Russia that had ties to Vladimir Putin. Um, that was the allegation that was being made. Mr. Sussman went over to the general counsel of the FBI, and believe me, I couldn't even call up the FBI and get a meeting with the general it was, counsel. It was impressive. It was an impressive get. Yeah. It was very impressive. Yeah. 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 He, he, he did well by his client, let's put it that way. Um, and he, but, but in doing so, and I, I follow that comment up, is that he uh, allegedly asserted to the general counsel of the FBI that he was doing this as a concerned citizen. He came into um, possession of this information through a different client and wanted to present it to the FBI. As a result, the FBI opened up an investigation. They were already investigating a financial institution that was at issue and, and followed up all the way to the investigation, and eventually that was debunked. As a result, a special counsel was assigned to this case, 
The special counsel did a three-year investigation of how this whole transaction occurred and made a determination that Mr. Um, Sussman made a false statement to the FBI general counsel, which, which then resulted into um, an investigation that turned out to be nothing. Now, everybody's probably heard of the October surprise. We go back to Jimmy Carter on it. We go back to John McCain in many cases where they, you're trying to throw something into the media spotlight that kind of debunks a presidential candidate. It was a DUI allegation in regard to George W. Bush. So right. October surprises is part of politics. Right. And the allegation from the special <laughs> Unless it's suppressed, you know, like a la- unless it's suppressed, right? Like a laptop, that can that's be. True. A- <laughs> right? that, okay. that, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, so, yeah, so that's, that was the allegation. That was the theory of the case. Right. The problem with it, not to get too much into the weeds, is is that the government, when they brought the indictment against Mr. Sussman, they were right up on the statute of limitations. Right. And so they were limited as to some of the evidence that was able to be presented and used as a material term. Right. Uh, most notably, some correspondence with the general counsel. Right. So, but now we fast forward, and during the process, the trial occurs, and at the end of it, there's something that's called jury instruction. Mm-hmm. If anybody has served on a jury, you'll know what that is. It's when the judge gives, gives the admonishment in what the law is that is to be applied to the facts. And in this case, the the D.C. Uh, District Court judge sided with Mr. Sussman's attorneys and allowed for the input of President Trump and a lot of political statements inside those jury instructions, as well allowing people to testify throughout the proceedings about President Trump, who, as many of uh, viewers probably know, did not have a good favorable rating in Washington, D.C. at the time. Right. So there, there were these um, kind of arguments, these undertones, not overt, because that would be inappropriate and cause for a mistrial, although some people do are making the argument that uh, the defense counsel were trying this on purpose, as something that's called jury nullification. Right. And jury nullification, it goes way back to history, back to England, and it's basically where you're, you're trying to convince the jury is ignore what the individual did was wrong, and instead just find him innocent because it's not a worthwhile endeavor or for political reasons. Quite honestly, it was used very effectively in the South when uh, white landowners were charged with crimes right. against African Americans. That's right. That's so there's right. a long history uh, through this through jury nullification. Unfortunately, prosecutors can't appeal that. It's extremely hard to prove unless you find juror misconduct. And even then, the government usually does not try to bring those cases. Yeah, I mean, once someone is found not guilty, that the prosecution rarely has an opportunity to appeal that. Almost never, I, I would guess. Ninety nine point nine point nine. Almost never. Exactly. Yeah. You really, you really have to find because of double jeopardy and stuff. Process. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's that's the main issue. But again, the government did have a hard case. I'm going to I'm going to give it credit for them. Is, is that the government, uh, you have to prove both the statement was false and that it was material. Right. In this case, based off of the evidence that was presented, he did bill the Hillary Clinton campaign for these meetings. And as a lawyer who has to keep track of my time, um, you know, it's, it's that I'm, I'm, I'm writing down that I'm doing this on behalf of a client. Right. So at least the, the argument is the intent of Mr. Sussman was to get paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign to make this statement. So the statement was made, whether it, and that was false. And the question is, is that did that really trigger the FBI to do something? What's interesting here, though, 
is don't forget, this is not the first time of this type of case in a political setting. We have when Trump became President Trump became president, you had the Michael Flynn investigation, right. also a false right. statement to, right. to agents. Right. And going back to George W. Bush and Vice President Cheney, that chief of staff, Scooter Libby, right. um, in regard to the Valerie Flame CIA investigation. So right. those, those individuals were uh, either pled out or, or convicted in regard to uh, Mr. Libby. And, and so it, it is one of those cases that bounces back and forth when an allegation of lying to the FBI is made. Brett, my uh, my criminal law experience from eons ago was very limited, and I said something on air yesterday, and I, I didn't bother to check, so I'll run it through you, because a lot of people were saying, well, wouldn't you, with that kind of jury pool, and we know some of the problems with the jury pool there, wouldn't you want to change a venue? There's not a lot of venues to change something like that to, right? There has no, to be some kind of nexus or connection to the case. I mean, I guess you're you're kind of stuck between... What, D.C. and California, I'm guessing, which is maybe a Hobson's choice. Maybe I'm wrong. I run that by you as a question. No, you're you're absolutely right. You have to have a nexus. It has to be the place of the crime. Um, And he was stuck because uh, the the evidence that he had at the grand jury subpoena, special counsel, during the grand jury proceedings, the special counsel knew about the meeting that occurred in D.C. with the general counsel. He did not know about the text messages, which might have gotten him to a different venue. But based off of the evidence that they had at the time of bringing the indictment, they were stuck in D.C. Now, if the roles were reversed, so, for example, in regard to former national security Flynn, um, he successfully moved for venue change to Virginia because he felt he could not get a fair trial in D.C. Now, if anybody's been in northern Virginia, northern Virginia and D.C. aren't that too far apart. It's the difference between Scottsdale and Phoenix, really. I mean, it's the same place, yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. So um, so so it, it does happen in, in regard to a defendant who doesn't feel like they're going to get a fair shake. They get a move, change the venue. The government just does not happen. It's a lot harder when you're on the prosecution side. Yeah. No, Brett. Yes, thank you for exactly. straightening that out. That's great, Brett. Thank you very much. It is interesting, though, isn't it, that we're seeing more on the on the Amber Heard thing. It is interesting that defamation cases are coming up. Is it my imagination? Or are we seeing more defamation cases than we used? To. It just seems like there are in the air, whether it's it just seems like there's a few more defamation cases than we used to think about. You know, and I'd love to see an analysis or a study on that. I think that there are, and especially because of social media. Yeah, I do, too. Um, when you're when you're able to send a tweet or, or republish yeah. something that is not factually accurate, it's going to lead to issues, especially in regard to private individuals or private businesses. Uh, by the way, placeholder for maybe next week, if you're interested, there was an interesting Supreme Court decision on Texas's effort to kind of rein in social media came down, I think, yesterday. We might want to look at that next week. I thought that had some interest. You know, as the states are looking how to open up social media away from viewpoint discrimination, it's kind of interesting. It got Elena Kagan on the side of... uh, on the side of Clarence Thomas, you don't see that very often. Maybe we'll t- talk you about don't that. See that very often. Yeah, no, you do not. No, see that, that sounds good. You know, you know, usually the Supreme Court takes the summer off. They go to Europe, teach the classes, whatnot. But it, it, they're they are they are definitely active. Yeah, they're they're going to be taking a late summer break, as I suppose you are, as I suppose I am too, Brett Johnson. <laughs> and you have to run your break, uh, your vacation time through me because you know we have this Wednesday appointment. Anyway, God bless you, Brett Johnson. <laughs> And thing, SWLaw.com is the Snell and Wilmer website. Brett W. Johnson is our guy, is our man. Thank you, Brett. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Take care. Bless you.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I'm talking a little bit uh, about uh, this uh, Iran attempted attack, cyber attack, to be specific, on Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, we'll ask uh, Brandon his thoughts on it uh, in our third hour. Brandon Weikert's going to join us. He usually joins us on Mondays, but because of the holiday, uh, we didn't. And his new book is on Iran, and it's available for pre-order on Amazon right now. Shadow War, it's called. Anyway, we're learning more about it. It's just breaking because Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, was just talking about it. The timing is interesting. Uh, Iran plotted that cyber attack against the Boston Children's Hospital uh, not this summer but last summer just as the Biden administration was ramped up at its height of trying to negotiate and appease Iran to get them back at the table for a nuclear agreement. That's what's most interesting to me. The more appeasement, the more attack. That's a lesson I don't know how many times we're going to have to instruct the world on how it works. It started with Munich. I'd like it to have ended maybe here and never again. I say that in a world that doesn't believe in the phrase never again. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 